Welcome back to the show. It's another Hoffcast, and we missed a week. <laughs> I'm sure you guys noticed. Um, I'm unreliable. <laughs> uh, you guys already knew that about me, but I I promise to make it up to you. I am going to record several over the next few weeks and start churning them out, and I might release two or three in a week. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, I am happy to say that I am back in Los Angeles after being on the road for five weeks and my ankle is he almost, almost completely healed. It still hurts a little bit, uh, but most of the swelling has gone down and I have most of my range of motion. Can't run on it yet, but <laughs> where was I going to run anyway? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere too fast except for maybe I'd try to catch an airplane and I'm, I'm running late. So uh, things are looking up on that front, and uh, got back uh, got back last week, and I've already had a couple mild interactions with our <laughs> our uh, our neighbor, who uh, if you guys are have listened to the Hoffcast for the last year, you know that um, she's a bit of a wingnut, and <laughs> and now she has she's been reprimanded by the board. And told not to uh, harass us anymore, and because she liked to complain about our kids making noise. Can you believe it? Children making noise. Harumph, harumph. I love harumph. She was banging on our wall and and stomping up and down in her place to show us her displeasure. And she'd also play. Uh, what she thought was loud rock and roll music, but it really just sounded like she turned her iPod or her iPad up on full blast and put it up against the wall. It was pretty pathetic. Um, but now she just, if we pass her in our stairwell or something, she will just turn her back and face the corner with her head down until we go by. It's the weirdest craziest thing she just she'll just she'll see us and like a mouse she'll just hide in a corner i don't know why if she's like afraid that any interaction will cause her to go off and and then she could be booted i don't know what the deal is why she chooses to do that but uh, <laughs> that's that's how she gets down i don't know if she's afraid one of our kids is gonna kick her in the shin um we raise uh peaceful children here in the Hoff house but uh we haven't had any any noise interactions with her at the very least. We've uh, <laughs> only only these weird uh, times when our paths cross and she just gets this weird in like we put her inside a a glass soundproof cage and uh, it's so stupid too because when we first moved here we would uh we had her over for dinner we'd invite her over to come hang out uh you know sit around have a talk with us while the kids play she played video games with the kids and the whole time she was just kind of like quiet and polite and 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 didn't seem like i i knew she had her quirks cuz she'd complain about certain things and i'd be like well that's a weird thing to be bothered by but whatever everybody has their thing and then she started getting into it with our kids and then when she <laughs> when she uh yelled and cursed me out that one time 
I was like, okay, well, you can never be trusted again. And so basically from that moment on, I cut her off and... Uh, and now she has chosen to make her bed in, in a way that she has chosen time and time again in her life. And I feel sorry for her. I feel sorry that this is the way that she goes through life. And there, yes, there must be something that goes off inside her head that's not normal. And I feel bad for that, but there's nothing I can, I'm, I can barely hang on to raising the three children that I'm doing myself. So uh, we're just going to keep going and speaking of uh, raising these kids myself. Oh, my battery's going to die here on this recorder. Um, last night, or two, three days ago, we had a uh, doctor's appointment for my oldest and my youngest. We knocked two out in one, and she said, it's, you know, how she's sleeping through the night, the little one. And, and we're like, oh, she's up about every three hours to nurse. She goes, ooh, ooh, you, you, can, uh, you can stop doing that. Like she is fine to go through the night. Like you do whatever you want, but if you want to sleep train, you absolutely can. And we had tried to sleep train uh, the kids before, and it's a horrible, horrible thing. But so is getting up every three hours, and Sarah just ends up strung out. She she wakes up grumpy, and I get it. I would wake up grumpy too. And uh, she's like, "Just do it, you guys. Just sleep train. You deserve that." Um, otherwise they could carry this trait waking up all the time, you know, until they're 18 months, two years old. And, um, you, you know, I'm going to hold on this and I'm going to change my battery. Let's see. We're five thirty in, uh, battery. All right. I got fresh batteries. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think we were talking about, uh, the cry it out method. And so our doctor's like, you know what, just go ahead and do it. Just she's gonna cry for 20, 30, 40 minutes, and it's gonna it's horrible, but you need to teach them that skill of putting themselves to sleep. That's a lifelong skill of getting yourself to sleep. You need to teach them that, and they will sleep better through the night. It's not healthy for the baby to wake up every three hours for two straight years. Let them sleep through the night. That's the best thing for their development. And we're like, okay. Um, and so we went ahead with it last night. And Sarah went in the other room with uh, and, and slept with the boys. And I stayed out. I, I was the, I'm a little bit stronger on it because there's nothing I can really do besides pick her up and comfort her. There's nothing, I, I don't have milk. Uh, despite what you'll hear on uh, Meet the Parents. So I was like, I'll stay out here and I'll just make sure she's okay, but I won't go in there. And that's the thing is that's the hardest thing is to not go in because you're like, well, what if what if she needs me? What what if what if she's got her her arms stuck and she can't move? Or what if what if she's poopy? Ooh. <laughs> and um, these are all real concerns and things that you'll go through your head once they start crying. So she went to bed like at 7.30 and started the first cry just a little bit before 11. And Sarah went instantly in the other room. She's like, I'm going to bed. I was like, I love you. Go. <laughs> I will. I promise to remain strong and it was not bad crying. I we've tr when we tried this with Indiana, there were it was whales. And I think we tried it. I don't know when we tried it with him, but I remember thinking somebody had 
punctured him with a spear. And uh, it wasn't near that bad. It And it wasn't really like a sad crying. It was more like just kind of like, uh, just like general like wailing. Like general like just like I've got an upset stomach type sound like moaning it wasn't it wasn't straight up crying most of the time but it did it lasted 40 minutes and i and there were a couple times specifically like like 25 minutes in and 35 minutes in i was like ugh, why well, I, I gotta just go get her i can't i can't take this anymore she's gonna love to see me and i didn't want to get my baby comfort and uh, <laughs> but i stayed strong i remained solid i listened the entire time because I figure that's the least I can do, is if she's miserable in there, at least I can be miserable in the bed. Like, don't don't be one of those people that just puts in headphones, unless you're weak. But don't put headphones in. Like, I wanted to be able to hear if, I don't know, she hit her head or on the crib or something. I want to be able to hear that. So I stayed up, and 40 minutes, and then she went to sleep. And then I gave her five minutes, and then I did open the door just to, like, check. Like, okay, is everything cool? Still breathing, She's in the middle of the crib. She's cozy. It's warm enough in there. Cool. And then I go to sleep. About 2 a.m., here it comes again. And our pediatrician warned us this is how it's going to happen. She's going to wake up at those normal times because she's been trained to wake up at those normal times. And uh, and so you, she's going to wake up then. You just got to stay strong. Do not go in. Because if you go in, that doesn't bring the kid any comfort. Then they just see you abandon them again if you leave again. So it's really just for the parents, she said, which I agree with. That's just, so you go in, you're like, oh, it's okay. But then they get more upset because then they thought you were going to get them and now you're not. So I never went in, 2 a.m. The crying only lasted like five minutes and it wasn't that bad. But I woke up and I sat there and I go, how, oof, this is going to be 40 minutes. I'm kind of starting my REM sleep. Not really excited about staying up for 40, but only five minutes in, went back to sleep. And then I woke up and she started crying just a hair before six, like like 10 to six, she started crying again. I was like, ooh, this is the tough one. This is the tough one because she normally gets up about 6.30 or 7. I'm like, is she up? And now I'm just allowing her to boo-hoo in there, even though she it's time. Um, but And I made myself, no, this was, it was a hair before, it was a hair before five, that this happened. Because had it been the hair before six, I probably would have gone and gotten her. Because that's too close to the wake-up time. But I was like, no, I'm going to stay strong. Not going to do it. And it only lasted like 15 minutes. She went back to sleep. And I went back to sleep. And then at 7.30, she woke up, happy as a clam to see me. I was like, all right, cool. I'll go get mom. Mom's like, oh, my God. I haven't gone this long without breastfeeding in a while. I'm about to explode over here. And uh, everything was happy. And now, according to our pediatrician, tonight should be better. According, unless the baby doubles down and is a strong-willed child, which I've heard can happen, uh, we should be in for like, you know, maybe only 30 minutes at the beginning or 20 minutes at the beginning. And then she said three or four days of this should be sound as a pound. Booyah. How awesome would that be? Because it's not just it's not just Sarah that suffers when she's not sleeping throughout the night. Now, ladies, you do take the brunt of it. I give you total props. All breastfeeding moms or anybody that wakes up with their kid, whether it's they've got a dirty diaper or your formula feeding in the middle of the night, breastfeeding, 
major props to anyone who gets up and does that. But there are side consequences to the other person hanging out in that room, and that is, like, my wife's a little crankier. (laughs) Uh, She gets a little testy when she has a bad night. And I'm thinking, a little solid sack time, and all of a sudden... Maybe I get a smile out of her out of every now and again. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe she comes over and gives me a loving hug instead of just a punch to the testes. <laughs> um, so I think this is going to be good for everybody. So Sarah's going to sleep in the other room for the next couple nights until we got this thing licked. And hopefully, hopefully, by the time the next podcast rolls out, I will have a baby sleeping through the night. And this will be huge, especially when I go on the road and Sarah then is juggling all three. Sometimes the middle one wakes up. He's I think he gets night terrors. It's like half. He's like the walking dead. He's like not there. You go in to say, what, what do you need, Neil? And he's just like, ah, I need water. And you give him water. He's like, I don't want water. You're like, oh, I'm going to throw you through a wall. What's wrong? And I'm sure the neighbors on the other side are like, oh. Really? He's doing this again? I don't know how much they can hear. They never, never have complained. But there are some times when one of the kids is just absolutely like on a on a rampage. And I'm like, yo, you got to shut it. You got to shut it. We're trying to live in a society here. We got a community. We got to be quiet. And uh, I, they've never said anything, but I'm certain. I think that's their bedroom wall that they share. And they have to hear it from time to time. I God bless them. They are the polar opposite of what I got going on on the other side. They are complete understanding. And uh, I'm glad that that's the side that the bedroom's on. Um, so we're going to have a baby who's sleeping through the night. We're going to be a whole new family. Uh, so that's exciting. Um I did watch a little bit of the State of the Union address, which those things, I mean, they're always ridiculous. I don't know if they've always been that way, but to to do basically say a one-liner and then get 10 seconds of applause through uh, an entire speech is a ridiculous thing. And if I if I were the president, I would hate that. I'd be like, stop placating to me stop patronizing me you don't have to clap on everything i say not not, i've got a great speech writer but he's not that great okay you guys got to just sit down we can knock this we don't have to be here for an hour i can knock this thing out in 10 minutes just let me say what i'm gonna say let me tell the american people what's going on uh and and how is this different from any other time he addresses the media? It's basically saying the same garbage over and over again. And I don't care if it's this president, the last president, the president before that. It's ever since I've been seeing these State of the Unions, it's always malarkey. And uh, I'm sorry to use such harsh language, um, but it's it's really dumb. And uh, people get up in arms, and I'm just like, this is a stupid posturing event. This is so dumb. And they talked about, uh, it brought up a lot of conversations I saw like on social media and stuff, people talking about capitalism, socialism, all this stuff. Listen, I know capitalism is a great thing, and I I don't want to be a socialist country, but I got to say, capitalism is fantastic, but it is sort of like 
it's getting a little bit out of hand now. Capitalism in the beginning is a great free marketplace. Everybody has opportunity. And there's still a little bit of that. But to be quite honest with you, it does feel a bit like we've walked in and all of a sudden been given a piece on a Monopoly board that people have been playing for two and a half hours. And all of a sudden all the properties are bought up and we have to pray we get around the board just so we can get our $200 for passing go. Hopefully we land on free parking. But it it really feels like the deck, the deck has been stacked. And I know this is, okay, probably some of you are like, oh, really? White male, straight white male, thanks for mansplaining to us. <laughs> okay, maybe if that's what I'm doing, then oh, should I just shut up? Nope, not going to you. I have, that would be a horrible podcast. <laughs> that would be just ridiculously terrible. So I'm going to tell you, I think that we need to do something about these major corporations because they just keep shifting chips off the table into their own coffers and there's no consequence. Like things like the banks that got bailed out and GM that got bailed out and, and there were documentaries like Too Big to Fail. It's like, no, maybe... Maybe things like that need to fail. Maybe they just need to tank and 100,000 people need to lose their jobs. Maybe that's the shakeup we need to correct the course that we're on. Because otherwise it's going to end up that like 10 people have 99% of the wealth in this country. And then they're just going to keep tipping the board on us. And that's that's exactly what's going to happen. And it might like, yes, a lot of people, myself included, uh, have advantages because people before me were playing on my behalf. My parents, my grandparents were, you know, building their own businesses and their own wealth. And, and it's not like we were insanely rich, but we were doing great. And some people are born into crappy circumstances. Uh, some people, you know, are born into poverty or crazy, you know, like war-torn countries and you think how is that fair for them to come into this and i don't know that we can ever fully correct it but we can't continue to go down the path we are where all of a sudden the walmarts and the jeff bezos of amazon they just own everything and nobody can get anything done um you know it's really i i have i have a small business stand-up comedy is a small business and there are so many barriers to entry that stop a lot of people from doing that from pursuing art from starting a new business it, it's just a kind of a ridiculous thing how many checkpoints that the government puts up there for you to start a business yet they're not regulating these giant businesses that are just making money hand over fist when a when a ceo is making a hundred million dollars you're just like what is going on right now bezos is worth a what was it 160 billion what was he worth whatever his wife's getting half you're just like why would one person need all that money like that's that's crazy to me how how that guy's allowed to stack that up and then and then people in certain places aren't getting paid minimum wage he's able to make things overseas uh because it's cheaper to do that no maybe you spend 160 part of your 160 billion dollars to give jobs to Americans. It's it's ridiculous that the government has all this control, yet they're not preventing this crazy imbalance from happening. And I know capitalism is great, but I don't think 
that it is sustainable for hundreds and hundreds of years because eventually, like the end of every Monopoly game, one guy's going to have everything and you're going to go around the board terrified that you're going to, oops, land on that space. And that's that's kind of what we're tilting towards. And it's already partly there. What do they say? Like 1% of the population owns 90% of the wealth? It, that's only going to become more and more. And if you don't allow things to fail, then you're just allowing them to continue to do bad business practices, and uh, we're never going to have a shakeup. Like, let that kind of stuff happen. Let those banks fail. Let them go. Then they can't do that kind of crap anymore, which put so many people behind the eight ball. It screwed so many people. Why should they not be getting screwed a little bit? Like, I know that puts a lot of working people out of work, but then, you know, the whole thing's going to have to adapt. We're going to have to figure out a new way to make money. That, that giant conglomerate can fall and all of a sudden the pieces are there to be picked up by everybody else and i don't know maybe maybe i'm stupid and and just the next rich guy over will just grab everything at that point um but uh, i don't know it seems to me like we got to change something because we're headed at a on a course for destruction and (laughs) and if you watch the state of the union address you'll see half the people just remain seated the entire time and half the people kept getting up, get those uh, leg workouts up and down, up and down, applaud, applaud, applaud. And it's just like, you guys are all dumb. Does anybody there really think that America's looking at that thinking, yeah, yeah, that's right. Or no, this guy's, this guy's Satan. I guess that's what the country is doing. I, I am shocked that more people aren't like me somewhere in the middle where you're just like, everything's ridiculous. Both sides are stupid. How are there not more people like me that just can... And maybe I'm being deceived. Maybe I've got it wrong. And, and one side is the absolute truth and the other side is the absolute evil. But I kind of feel like maybe they're all evil. Maybe they've all got it wrong. I mean, does it seem right that we've got these... 70 and 80 year olds making all these decisions like I know they've got the most experience but they also don't know what the hell's going on in the modern world you saw these these things were not that Mark Zuckerberg is you know the epitome of morality but at least he knows how the world is working right now and he was in there trying to explain how the internet works to these people and they they have no concept almost they they don't get it they've been out of it for too long they've got email that they can barely use Really? We were all shocked that Hillary misused email. She didn't know how to use the internet. She's old. She's old, people. Okay? She she doesn't know the consequences of what she's doing. Okay? Trump doesn't know what... And when he's tweeting, he doesn't realize what's happening to that. He doesn't realize how he's misspelling things and how that make it, makes him look. Or maybe he doesn't. He doesn't care. I don't know. What the hell am I talking about? I don't know anything either. I don't I don't understand half this stuff. I'm trying to figure out uh <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the best loyalty programs for traveling. I've been on the Points Guy website trying to figure out if I'm going to stick with American Airlines after they bump me down off my platinum perch. <laughs> um it seems it seems ridiculous some people pay extra money <laughs> for for status. Every year they send Send me an email. Would you like to buy miles to retain your status? I'm like, what? No. What are you, crazy? 
I'm not going to buy these ridiculously inflated miles just so that I can board in the third row as opposed to the sixth. Like, it doesn't really matter to me. There are things that are nice about it. Yes, I would rather be platinum status than gold, but I'm not going to pay just no, like, this ridiculous money. Otherwise, I'd have bumped up to first class on a couple of flights and made my status. But uh, money's more important to me than status. How about that? I would rather ha not be in debt than have status. <laughs> People just in their executive platinum going into the uh, into the basking in the uh, the lounges, the the exclusive lounge that you pay three hundred dollars a year, so you can go in there and get free peanuts and soda. What are you doing at the airport? Get to your next gate. See if they can get you on an earlier flight. Why are you hanging out at the airport? Why did you not get the nonstop flight? Why would you take a layover that's three hours? What are we doing? If you have a three-hour layover, go to the gate where your next flight is. See if you can get on the earlier flight. If you can't, take a nap. This is what I do. Just take a nap. I don't need some fancy lounge. <laughs> the whole, oh, I, you know what? Maybe I just don't understand the world anymore. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I am confused and I don't have it right, but I think I've got it figured out. I think, I think that, that I have decided for myself that these conventions that we're living in in our world are stupid. And I refuse to take part in them. If I could get married again, I would not send out wedding invitations. They would be you'd get an email from me with a little evite. That's free. Boom. Change the picture. Put some clever wording on there. Hey, we're getting hitched. You gonna be there? Uh, listen, it, it's an open bar. I don't expect you to fly across the country for nothing. So I'm gonna get, throw some drinks down your throat. Gonna have uh, probably the chicken. Uh, and uh, then we're going to dance. We're going to have this party. And if you can't make it, guess what? I understand that too because flying everywhere to every Tom, Dick, and Harry's wedding is a little bit ridiculous. It's a little crazy. I, <laughs> I, I'm so happy that most of the people that I went to school with now are already married and we don't have to go through that because I guess what? I also don't have Saturdays open. Get married on a Tuesday. I'll be there. But I, I, I work on weekends, so uh, if you want to get married, do it on a Tuesday or be insanely close to me. Uh, if you're a very close relative or a very close friend, I can, and you give me a heads up, not like, yo, we're getting married next month, hope you can be there. Nope, probably can't. You gotta let me know in advance. My, my schedule is currently, I have things on the calendar in September. That's how far out uh, my my time goes. Sometimes I'm over a year out, and I'm always looking ahead. That's why I feel like when I die, I'm going to have all this stuff on the schedule, and people are going to be like, well, where is he? And they're like, oh, you didn't hear? Nick died last month. They're like, what? You're supposed to be here telling us dick jokes. And you're like, well, that ain't going to happen unless, unless it's an open casket and he's got something planned. I am going to have something planned, by the way. I'm gonna be one of those guys that makes a video when I when I know when I know the grave is not far away. I'm gonna make a handful of videos. Probably have my own YouTube channel 
where I'm, <laughs> if you're seeing this, then I am already dead. And I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my kids, you know, most of my $37, but I'm also going to put some aside. I'm going to put some aside. There's going to be a contest. Uh, you know, there's going to be some, uh, some hidden treasure somewhere that I can make clues to people are going to, I want people to scramble. <laughs> That's what I want. If I were Jeff Bezos and I had $160 billion when I died, I would make 160 scavenger hunts and just create chaos across the entire world. Like just one in each of 160 different countries. I'm like, okay, here are the clues. And yeah, that's what I would spend the last year of my life doing. I would I would bury a billion dollars somewhere, hide it up in a tree, something, and then just start sprinkling clues out there. And I would do, if I could time it, if I could time it, I would do it so that, uh, like I lived to see maybe the last month of it. So I could see the chaos going on, people trying to get interviews with me, and I'm leaving, leaving these like cryptic messages on people's answering machines and things like that. What a great way to go out. And what a great way to be remembered. Remember that guy that made us all kill each other? <laughs> people would, for a billion dollars, people would be throwing people out the windows. It'd be a mad chase. Like, what was that stupid movie they made, Rat Race, a couple of years ago? Probably 20 years ago now, uh, with like Mr. Bean in it and uh, John Lovitz and something. That, that was where the uh, phrase prairie dogging it. Shout out to Rat Race for inventing the term prairie dogging, referring to having to take a dump so bad that it's uh, poking its head out and down, up and out. <laughs> um, but other than that, that movie was pretty dumb. And uh, But that's that's what I am going to do with my $37. Or uh, I guess I'm going to give 5 bucks to each of the kids. So I'll only have uh, 22 left. And my wife's probably going to want half that. So I got $11. Um so depending on where I live toward the end, that's probably where it's going to be because I can't uh, can't get everywhere for $11. So uh, if you want some sweet cheddar at the end of my days, then uh, find me. Find me and I'll, I'll start dropping some hints. And people that come visit me in the hospital too, that, that you're gonna get you're gonna get the first clue and then uh that'll probably be the password to the youtube channel so that you can see all the other clues and unlock the mysteries of the 11 dollars of hoff um guys i think that's that's the end this week but i will keep you abreast of the sleep training maybe i'll do one in the middle of the night sometime when i when i wake up if i can't get back to sleep because i just was w- woken up by the baby maybe i'll do like a whisper podcast where i'm just off in the corner of my house it's like 3 a.m and uh, i'm complaining that i'm i'm awake and i can't fall back asleep but um i promise to make up these lost episodes to you Uh, i do have some guests planned we just have not been able to get together uh to record so as soon as i get those together i can put them out there um in the meantime thank you everybody that came out and saw me in oklahoma city and lincoln last month uh those were some really fun shows all four of my shows in lincoln sold out uh club was really happy and they're gonna have me back i think in july so if you didn't get a chance to see me in lincoln uh this time around then you got another shot in july i'm also gonna be doing omaha 
in June. So lots of chances in Nebraska to see me. And uh, coming up oh, this month, I took the whole month of February to stay in Los Angeles to be here for auditions. It's called pilot season uh, out here in Los Angeles where they're putting all the new TV shows together and finding the cast. And I've never been involved in that. I've never uh, had anybody send me out, but I got a theatrical agent, somebody that can get me in the door and audition. So I decided I was going to stay in town for that and we'll see if that was a mistake or not. Uh, But I'll be just in Los Angeles doing shows. So if you're in Los Angeles, hit me up if you want to know where I'm going to be. Otherwise, next month, uh, March 2nd, I'm in Wendover, Nevada, uh, right there on the state line, uh, about an hour and a half outside of Salt Lake City. I'm there with Cable Guy. And then uh, March 8th, I'm in Reno, Nevada with Cable Guy. And on the 9th, in Tucson with him. So if you're in any of those areas, come on out. And then March 12th through the 17th, I'm making my return to the Comedy Cave up in Calgary. So if you want to freeze your butt off, come hang out with me for a week up there. Um, I, I like doing that club up there. And and last time I was there, I explored a little bit and, and got some things to eat. So uh, I know all the hot spots in cold Calgary. And then on the 21st through the 24th, I'm at the Tacoma Comedy Club. I'm headlining Thursday and Sunday and then featuring for Fortune Feimster on Friday, Saturday. So any of those shows will be a ton of fun to come to. Get your tickets early because I think those will probably sell out fast. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this. You know, spread it around. Give it to some of your friends. If you guys have uh, any thoughts, hit me up. I always love seeing your messages on Facebook or, um, you know, sending them through my website, whatever you want. Uh, hit me up. Let me know your thoughts. If you disagree with me, if you're like, you socialist pig, how could you? Or if you're like, yeah, man, let's kill capitalism. Screw it. Let's take down Bezos and his money or give me the first clue to when you're going to die. What if a plane takes you? How am I going to know? Leave it under a rock. We need you. See you guys next week. Thank you.